All right, we are back here on the Sky Guys podcast. It is finally here. The season premiere of Mandalorian Season 3 is finally here. We're talking about Chapter 17, The Apostate. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Joining us, as always, the uh, man who's disembodied voice here in the narration every single week. Coming to us live from Coruscant once again, Pete Considori. Pete, how are you? Doing well. Mandalorian is back. We're finally here after speaking about it for how many months now? Um, so I'm very excited to talk about it, and I'm excited to hear what your opinions are on the first episode. Yep. Also with us today, the high magistrate of this podcast, Nick Freda, is here. Nick, how are you? Fantastic. This is, if you think about it, we started doing this podcast pretty much right when Mando Season 2 ended, basically, right? Yep. And that was kind of the point, was Mandalorian. Let's cover the stuff. And here we are, finally, two and a half years later. So I guess you can say, this is our non-side story. This is our main episode. Yeah, this is the main... For the Sky Guys, that is. Yeah, this is the main This is the main quest here. We've, we've gone through all yeah. the side missions. We went to the Boa Fett side mission, took detours, Obi-Wan and Andor, and three different uh, animated shows. And now we are at the main event. All right, as we always do here, Pete, we tell people know if you want to subscribe to us here on the Sky Guys, check us out at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Those of you who want to adjust on the suffering podcast, you're listening for the Mando recaps. You got to wait a few days this so day after recording, huh, you get the Sky Guys stuff plus all our bad bad episodes going on there too. So you should subscribe. Yeah, exclusive content there. If you're not subscribing, you're missing out on that. So definitely subscribe um, so you can get the content quicker and also get that exclusive content that you're not hearing uh, normally on the Just on the Suffering feed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of the time, the bad episodes, I will admittedly, are not great, but I think our recaps are fun. I agree. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're the good part of Bad Batch. I mean, there's a reason we're on the MVP board for the Bad Batch. There you go. All right. Uh, Nick, also, if you want to follow social media, how can they do that? At Sky Guys Podcast, that's both on Twitter and on Instagram. Yep, for sure. Here, you also follow us on YouTube. Mike Phillips on YouTube. Video version of the podcast is up on YouTube with our fancy graphics plus our props here. I always bring in a Nick and Pete. I'm going to bring in the big guy here. We're bringing a Mando's N1 uh, Starfighter here. is a big resp- big part here of the episode this week. Yeah, and I uh, I currently have a unbuilt Tuscan Raider. Yep. Of uh, my background's messing it up. Of I think they, they, they have labeled it as not Book of Boba Fett, just as the original trilogy. Um, but yeah, the only Boba Fett character that mattered other than Mando. Yeah. And, and uh, I also have a guest joining us today. So those who don't know, probably none of you know, actually, except the two of you. Um, I celebrated a birthday about a week and a half ago. And because I celebrated a birthday, I received a gift from Bill Frieda and family. And I got Mando here. Mando and Grogu in the pop. Yeah, so Nick breaking the props out today. I got the Funko Pop prop, Mando and Grogu. Yeah, very nice. So that's on the board here. So now we're through the plugs. Here we're gonna do our Star Wars news in the Mando episodes here. So Nick, what do you got for us this week? So if you, I'm assuming you have graphics, especially, and I think you know exactly what I'm referring to. The directors you need, I'm sure. Yes. So give me one second to pull that up. Yeah, so basically they announced the directors for each episode of The Mandalorian this season. That would go from Chapter 17 to 24. 24. Yep, I have it right here. I'm going to pop that up for you. And here they are on the screen. We have, um, you know what, Mike? I'm bad with the names. Can you please read them? Sure. Uh, Rick Famuyiwa did today. He's also doing Chapters 23 and 24. And he uh, did, I believe, one in each of the last two seasons, at least, right? Yeah, he's been in the first two seasons. He got promoted to executive producer for this season. So he's sort of taking the Robert Rodriguez and Boa Fett role. He's getting the most episodes here. Rachel Morrison, Chapter 18, next week. 
Lee Isaac Chung, Chapter 19. Carl Weathers, going back into Chapter 20. Chapter 21, created by Peter Ramsey. So that's Chapter 21. And Chapter 22, chapter 22 Bryce Dallas Howard. So that's the director list in order. Cool, a couple repeats in there, a couple new names, I think, right? Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard and Carl Weathers have both done it before. Yep, and the other, the, uh, the other, why, why do they all say the name and then one of them says, bye, Peter Ramsey? Maybe it's, maybe it's how they want to be credited. Yeah, weird. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's it. We just have the directors there. The next thing is um, a little bit of timeline confusion, as Mike worded it in our little rundown, and I agree. John Favreau said that the Mandalorian season one and two take place over, quote, many years. And the time between two and three, meaning the time Grogu was with Luke at least, so really from two to two and a half, as we call it, Boba Fett, was two years, which just seems completely ludicrous. It seems like if you had to guess, I would say two months. Would you agree? I'd say maybe at most like five, six months. Yeah, yeah. I would say maybe up to six months. Let's just say six months. That's fair. Two years seems absolutely asinine. I love the fact that, P, I feel like the many years bothers me almost just as much more. I mean, like, I get, yeah, maybe he like spent a few weeks on like the on like the uh, sanctuary planet in season one, and maybe you know he's bouncing around place in season two. But like, I feel like this is very off that this is many years they spent together. Yeah, I think it's hard when you when you see that, and there's only 16 episodes to say many years, right? If it was uh, something where it's a 20 episode season, you want to argue that 20 episodes is a year, sure, why not? That's a long time. Um, I I agree. It, it's kind of weird that it's a two year gap between seasons two and three, and that we're just kind of given this very broad many years stamp on seasons one and two. Um, really watching this show, it's almost like it just happens one after another. Like I don't I don't feel a time gap. I just kind of I see it as okay. Here's the next season. I don't really I don't do a good enough job keeping track of in what time frame we're in. Yeah, Nick, I think the point for it would be you could look at this episode exactly like how Navarro developed over the course of the show and like how much they've built up. Yeah. I feel like that's the argument for it takes us over many, many years. But the same point, two things sway against me. Number one, obviously, like Carl Weathers is an old guy. No offense to him. But like if it's many, many years, I don't know if his character would still be alive at this point in the timeline. And number two here is like, what exactly is Boba Fett doing for all this time on Tatooine? <laughs> yeah, it's completely silly. And piggyback off Pete's point, where he said something about, um, I don't remember his point, to be honest with you, but um, what I wanted to say was, it, it makes sense in a show like The Bad Batch, where you pick up and it's like, oh, where are they now? They're on some planet, or they're in some ship. These episodes, maybe not the beginning of the season, but in these shows, like in Andor and in Kenobi, the live-action shows, when episode one ends, episode two starts. Yeah. Like, we're not going to just meet Mando on Tatooine randomly next episode. He's going to show right where this episode let, left off, for the most part, maybe a couple minutes later. And that's just, to me, shows that unless there was a significant time jump between season one and two, that this is complete BS. Yeah, I feel like it is BS here. And, P, I'll also point out here, in terms of the Boa Fett angle here, I think it makes it even worse, is like, but we we end season two with Boba Fett like in the post credits going sitting on the throne. You're telling me he spent two years just waiting to meet the mayor? No, I I, I think that's why I think it's crap. I don't think it's right. I think I almost feel like he doesn't know. Yeah. yeah, I think it was more they don't really want to say. Oh, by the way, all of these seasons turn into one and a half years tops. You're going to be like, well, how are you progressing the story? Probably. So I think he was kind of. Uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Scrambling for an answer, maybe if that's the correct quote. That it's a it goes over many years because there's really no. I don't know. There's really nothing to distinguish that it's been that much time. I would say, like Nick was saying, there's more evidence to distinguish there's been lesser time than what has been actually been told. Yeah, that's for sure. Nick, anything else in the news bar? I think there's like one more thing with Amanda. Oh, they just just something real quick, and then we can get into the episode because it's been a while. Yeah, they just said that season four is already written. So if we just started three and four is already written, it means we got a lot of Mando to look forward to in the future. I think the big thing with that piece that I feel like that the lag time with production between seasons three and four is not going to be nearly as long as it was between two and three. Because we all know that, well, COVID, and we also didn't know that three was going to happen. So, yeah, I would expect next year at this time to have season four. Certainly popular, at least early, the latest early 2025. I, I think that'd be too long. Yeah. I think we're going to get it next year, I think. Maybe, maybe back in, summer. Maybe back in the fall. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think we're getting in 24. I, I really hope they don't pull the Stranger Things model and say, well, if we do, we prolong it, more people will stay in Disney Plus longer. I think that's why Netflix, I mean, granted, COVID was a thing as well, but I think that's why Netflix takes so long to get Stranger Things out. Now, granted, it's a very complicated show and there's a lot of stuff going on with it, but I'm hoping that they don't say, well, you got to wait till 2026 for the next season of Mando because that just keeps you subscribed, you know? To be fair, also, Pedro Pascal has been gone interview tours recently. He said that he planned on playing the Mandalorian for a long time. So I feel like we might have a lot more Mando coming. I mean, we're hoping, right? Yeah. It is the lifeblood of Star Wars right now until they can get the movie situation figured out. This is Star Wars. With a side of Andor, this is basically the main Star Wars stuff. Yep. And that's it for the news, right? That is it. It is time to talk about Mandalorian Season 3. As a little here, so season three is here. Chapter seven is in the apostate. That's under thirty-five minutes with credits, so the shortest episode here. But I feel like they packed they packed a lot in, Pete. Yeah, no, they definitely did. There's a lot of good setup here. Um, I hope that this is the last episode that sets up a bunch. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit further, but yeah, uh, jam packed with a bunch of stuff. Plus some fun fight sequences and whatnot. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Nick, what do you think generally? Of the episode in general, I thought it was really good. I was excited to see everybody back. It seemed it's it seemed like I, I don't know. It's the way that the way that uh, especially Carl Weathers acting his character was like, yeah, I know this is the first episode. I want everyone like I'm excited to see you. It's good. Hey, Mando, let's. I don't know, but it just it was exciting. It was an exciting episode. Set a lot of things up, and I have a massive theory on what happens for the rest of the season. Actually, so um, I think it set that up very well too. Yeah, I think I have a lot of fun stuff here. And P, I know you guys are both video gamers here. I feel like this sort of feels like the game of video games, sort of the way it says up here. Where you have like all your side quests are set up in this episode where, okay, we're going to, you know, repair the droid, but we need to go get a memory card for him. We have to go find these Mandalorians that no longer work with Bo Katan. We have to go to Mandalores. So, like, it's setting up all our side quests. Like, sort of see where we're like different episodes are going to be filling out different parts of side quests before we go back to the main mission, going to Mandalore and redeeming ourselves. Yeah. I mean, there was at least three main arcs that I could see set up here. Um, maybe even four. That kind of scares me a bit for an eight-episode season. However, um, we definitely have it set up. We definitely have the information. We know what the Mandalorian needs to do. Still kind of feels like, here's a mission, go do it. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't have that feel throughout the season. But like you said, a lot going on. Definitely video game-esque where in the beginning... You get a side quest, you get a main mission as you're com- trying to complete that side quest or whatever, and it, it's, it definitely has that kind of format. Yeah, I think it works very well here. Nick, before we move on real quick to the actual episode here, 
which is about what they went included in the in the previously on for the for the past seasons here. I thought it was very funny how they didn't even acknowledge the previously on that Mando and Kroger are back together. No, and I think they did it on purpose because I think that if I had to take one sentence to sum up this episode, it was this was the recap. If you didn't watch Boba Fett, the entire scene with grief was what happened. I thought you were got rid of that little rug rat, and he explains it and. The same with the same with the the armorer. It's just it's the whole thing was just let me explain to people who didn't watch. Yeah, I did think their line was great though, and like when Brief Cargo's asking Mando P, he's like, I thought like you were completing your quest, and like you're back here this little critter. He's just, it's complicated. I have to say, if I was someone who did not watch Book of Boba Fett, I would still be so freaking confused. <laughs> I would still be so confused because it's just like, wait a minute, he's not a Mandalorian anymore. Like, wait, what? What? Why is Grogu back? Even though I saw he's back. Like, I mean, there's a lot of questions they don't really answer with that recap. And it, I don't want to say it's reckless on their part, but they should understand that maybe Book of Boba Fett wasn't as popular as they think. And that people didn't see that three episode arc to show half of the crap that they're probably going to mention in this season. They need to do a little bit better with saying if you previously on, let's call it Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, like say it was in Book of Boba Fett and then maybe it gets people to go back or go and watch it and understand the actual story. And I think the only thing they put in there from Book of Boba Fett was the scene with the armor on the space station where she's saying like you like you lost your like you removed your helmet. You are now yeah. no longer a Mandalorian. Like I think like that would have bothered me in terms of like if I, if I had not watched Boba Fett because I mean like you come back and you're, if you what. If you were in season two, took like a three year nap in space, came back and you wait, wait, what what happened? They're back together. Where's Luke Skywalker? Like what happened to all these people? I just can't actually think of how many people are actually impacted by this. There's definitely some. There's definitely a few people. There's no way that number is zero. But that number is really small. Really small. Yeah. Like we're focusing in on like 0.1% of people, if even. Yeah, I just think it's it's very funny to assume that you watch Book of Boba Fett with this. Which I guess they're kind of. I, I think it's. I think it's a safe assumption. Do you know anyone who watched Mando who didn't watch Boba Fett? Uh, not personally. I know people who have, but those people did not watch Mando today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. So let's get into this episode here. And I do think we've talked in the past, Pete, about how like the opening sequence is always they have to find a fun way to bring Mando into this and give him a badass entrance here. I thought the way they did this is very fun twist on it where, like, we think, like, we get the sequence that the armorer basically doing a ceremony to initiate someone into the Kree. We see that the covert's there. They get attacked by this creature. At first, I thought, I got feet fooled with, oh, maybe it's a flashback to young Din Djarin getting his helmet. And then we see present. that's actually present because Mando comes down the N1 Starfire and just blasts this creature to hell. That was a lot of fun. Another thing that's not explained in Mandalorian, where to get this <laughs> new ship, right? Um but yeah, uh, I think it was a really great way to introduce him. He doesn't just kind of start off with him. Um, it was cool to see all the different colored armor and all the different kind of uh, designs and everything. And it was also cool to see that they're still initiating new members of uh, the Mandalorian race, right? I mean, I think we talked about this in the preview show where it's like there's like three left. Where What does it matter if I took my helmet off or not? It looks like they're still trying to build up and it kind of gives the Creed a little bit more... Um, a leg to stand on, if you will, because they're actually getting people to join and has still kind of continue with many people, not just like two or three. Yeah, Nick, what do you think about this sequence here? Especially like the beginning here where we see the ceremony where like they are basically doing the Mandalorian baptism. Well, I completely agree with you. I thought it was a flashback for sure. I was shocked it wasn't. Yeah. I was like, 
Wait, who? Someone on the same ship as him? Oh, it's him. Yeah, that's not a flashback. I, I thought it was the whole time, but it kind of makes sense that it wasn't because, like, isn't Vizsla like roughly his age? Maybe a little older. Yeah. Like I, they don't they don't say the name exactly, so we don't really know for sure. But I guess it does make sense that he that it wasn't a flashback. But awesome scene. It was you know Pete said it was really cool to see all their helmets and colors and all that, and I agree. But it was also cool to see all their weaponry. Yeah, like using it against this essentially just giant alligator, right? And, you know, it was just awesome to see them all fighting against it. And then you hear the Mando noise. You go, oh, I know what's going to happen now. And there it is. Yeah, it was definitely a fun scene. And, Nick, I do think, as well as terms of the different, all different color Mandalorians we get, like all the armor and the helmets, I wonder if that comment Boca Tan makes at the end of the episode about how, like, oh, like, your creed, like, sort of splintered it here and that she lost a bunch of supporters when she didn't come back to her plan with the Darksaber. So you wonder maybe that, like, maybe some of them went back to uh, the armor and, uh, as I said, you know, maybe you guys are right. Maybe we should do it your way. Do you think it's possible though? Because in, if they're if they're kicking out the the owner, the holder of the dark saber for taking his helmet off once, think they're gonna let in Bo Katan's friends. Well, I mean, if they if they promise to like uphold the creed, they haven't initiated at that point. But weren't they all initiated in the past and left to join Bo Katan's clan? I don't know. It's a very complicated uh, history here. I'm sure we'll get more of it going forward. Yeah, I, but. I don't know. I was a little confused by one thing. Maybe you can clear it up. Wasn't the whole point of the first two seasons if you're looking for more Mandalorians and the armor is like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think the Mandalorians keep you a lot of secrets, Pete. I mean, the and they're all right there. What do you mean you didn't know? They're standing right next to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's definitely secretive. I mean, they, they live off of don't show your face. So, I mean, I, I think that the armor is going to play a big role in this season. I think we're going to see a lot of the things that maybe she was working up in seasons one and two. Um, but I do think she's going to play a key role. Cause like, uh, like I said, I think she's hiding a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We... I did find out why they don't take their helmet off. Like obviously it's like part of their like culture, their religion and whatnot. But I found out where like their military, like strategical reason for it is that let's say the, let's say there were 10 of us, there are 10 sky guys and the 10 sky guys decided to rob a bank. And they saw our faces, it'd be easy to distinguish between us and count how many there are. But when we all look exactly the same, it's harder for you to understand who you're taking down. Like, oh, I got the guy with the beard. They all look exactly the same. You can't really say that. And it just it helps a little bit in a, in a military situation. So that's one of the reasons that they don't take their helmets off. Definitely fun to know here. And we do get after the uh, stinger with the title card here. We get, you get a lengthy conversation between, uh, Mando and, and the armorer where he basically presents this thing he, that he got off a of Jawa with like that was he claims from Mandalore and basically this whole debate about the armor basically saying you know what like you can't do this Mandalore's and Rays the wells have been like this have been destroyed and he says like basically has this whole conversation where she, the end result is like he basically gets her to unwillingly admit that like he's actually real successful and she he, he's back in the creed so like I don't know if you got the sense the armorer was like sort of like very hesitant to agree to Mando's terms. I mean, I did. I think this all could have been summed up by Bo-Katan. I don't think we need the armor. I think this was Disney's attempt at trying to make some sort of understanding for people that didn't watch Boba Fett. Because if you think about it, this was already said in Boba Fett. You got to go back to Mandalore to redeem it. That that was it. Like, that's all we need to know. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, you, it's done. You can't redeem it because the plan's over. And he's like, well, no, it's not. Here, I could do this. And then she accepts it. So, a little bit of flip floppy. It was kind of a little weird for me. Um, but you're right. I mean, very hesitant to try to say like, yeah, you can get back in. Uh, it was, it wasn't very accepting of that option. 
Yeah, Nick, I think I'm leaning more towards your side of how you don't trust the armor. I feel like she's been very shady the last, like, season and a half. Oh, yeah, she's got those mole things on her head, so I know she's up to something. She almost seems like she doesn't want him back in because she's hiding something. Yeah, because there was a very distinct, like, let's say it was a five-second pause before she says this is the way when he says, like, I, I would be back in if I went and gave you proof that I bathed in the springs of Mandalore. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And then she's like, eh, yeah, it doesn't exist. You're not going to do it. In other words, please don't try, because if you succeed, you're back in, and then you'll find out that I'm working with Maul, and he survived a third time. Imagine. <laughs> Mr. Maul is incredible lifespan. <laughs> All right. Let's go next to Navarro here. Well, Pete, I will point out, you catch the Easter egg when we were flying in the ship, and Grogu was uh, like watching this, the hyperspace route while Mando was yeah, Pete's Pete's favorite Easter egg. Yeah, I did. I... I... I got to be honest with you, I, I got up and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, we're going to start this early? You're going to do this to me? <laughs> so I, I actually um, I actually love it because I think it confirms that Ezra, Thrawn, Ahsoka, maybe not in this show, but I think it really confirms that that's the direction we're moving yeah, in this Mandoverse, I, like, you know, showing that stuff. And I, I was think, more I was yeah. more concerned that we were going to use them. And I was just like, can't, can't I don't think I can deal <laughs> with it. I don't know if I can live through it again. I uh but yes, it was a cool Easter egg. I, as I was watching it, I kind of facepalmed like, oh, shit, here we go again. But it was a nice little Easter egg, and they moved past it. We didn't have to do 20 minutes of, of Space Whales. Although, Pete, the the, the sea at the end where Mando is uh, fighting the pirates felt like they were near the, the uh, place where they got gas and rebels. I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, Nick, I do think you're right, though. I do think this is a little foreshadowing a bit of, like, no. not just here, but, like, just reminding people. They're saying the Rebels fans, like, hey, like, your Ezra throwing stuff is coming at some point. Yeah, and it was honestly a beautiful shot, like seeing Grogu look out at that stuff. It was really cool to see. It was really cool to see. I did like the shot also where he, cra he crawls into Mando's arm and Mando was sleeping. That was also cute. Yeah, I didn't know he, he has access to the other... Yeah. I guess he does, right? I didn't realize that until they must, then. They must have built a shoot in there. That he could crawl, he could crawl Yeah. So we're back on Navarro here, and Pete... I gotta say, it's the last time we saw Navarro, the planets were really built up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, they're uh, boy, they're trying to be the biggest independent trade center of the galaxy, or at least the outer rim, or whatever they were saying. So it was uh, definitely cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah. When was couple... the last time we were? When was the last time we were there? Season two, episode four. The one where Grogu was in school. Yes. So really, oh yeah, really, really built up then. Yeah, it's built up a lot because like we have like these these all these like street things, tree is going on here. We have these fancy buildings here and folk music playing. Yeah, we got we got a uh, we got a band there playing outside and like Greek Car is now the high magistrate Nick and he's be he's got two little big uh photo droids like carrying his robes. Yeah, he's he's the boss now. Yeah. Yeah, I did think And was... I, I they mentioned uh Cara Dune too, which is which was which was nice. Yeah, so Pete, we got the Cara Dune mentioned that apparently after they caught Gideon that the New Republic Special Forces recruited her and she left the planet to go work for them. So there is no there is no uh, marshal anymore in Navarro. I think the way they dealt with it was perfect. I don't know if I would have liked the recast. Um, so I think the way they dealt with it was perfect. We said it, we got over it, we went past it, and it's that's it. And it gives an angle, too, of Grief Cargo wanting Mando to stay there, which I think will also lay add some layers to the story as well for the season. Yeah, Nick, I think they handled this correctly. I think it's good to put the character in the universe somewhere else. So, like, if it's a point we want to recast down the road, we can do it. We don't do it right now. Yeah, they, killing her would have been a bad idea because it would have, that would have been a real, like, uh, F you to the fans of the character, the actress itself. I mean, they already fired her. It's already a big F you to her. But 
having her available out there for the future if you do want to do something is great. Yeah, I think that worked here too. Also, I think Warf says the IG Love Memorial key. I think that was a good touch to sort of go back to that. We got a little bit in season two, then we got a more def defined version of it this season. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was really good. And they and they try to use it to their advantage later in the episode. Yeah, a lot of fun here as well here. I did think we got the scene also, Nick, where like he's in Grief Cargo's office and Grief's trying to sell him some real estate and basically get find out the whole situation here. Fun Grogu stuff when Grogu is spinning in the chair and stealing the food. It's a it's a little callback to I don't even remember this until I saw this today that Yoda used to spin his chair, and in Revenge of the Sith when they're on the ship at the end when he's talking to Bail Organa and Obi Wan when he wanted to talk to one or the other he would use the Force to spin the sh the, the chair one way or the other way and I guess that's Grogu doing the same thing and he also got his little jelly bean yep right looks like that was jelly bean you think right yeah those look like jelly beans. Yeah, you have to get a little jelly bean. Uh, thankfully, though, I, I got to be honest, because we just did our Mando season one and two recaps, and I was looking, and you had mentioned how Grogu's hunger gets him into trouble. Yep. I was when it, when it zoomed in, you know how they like change the focus yep. from the jelly beans to his face? I was like, this is about to screw them over, isn't it? Yeah. His, his hunger. He's going to eat all of them, and then like, if someone's going to attack him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't screw him over. You also thought, yeah. thought one other note that we learned from uh, Greek Carrier Exposition, Dub Pete, that... Uh, Moff Gideon is at a, a New Republic Tribunal, so that's where he is at the moment. We have what was, location. It? What was the word? A New Republic Tribunal. What's that, like basically a prison? Yeah, basically like he's like on trial for his war crimes. Okay, so he's probably being held and he's on trial and if I go to prison. Yeah, that's the plan anyway. Maybe it'll be the same prison that Andor was in. <laughs> oh, so we'll see if that happens here. And then we get the great sequence here where like, we find out, P, this surprised me. I did not expect to go this direction, that Mando wants a droid to help him navigate the the situation on Mando. Apparently, the, the potential to plant is poisoned and that it might not be safe to go on there. So he wants to take IG-11 back with him to sort of help him navigate the planet here. And Greek Carter's like, hey, you know, like, he's been destroyed. We were lucky we found all these parts, which, P, I will also point out here, very convenient. His self-destruct method perfectly preserved as much as it did, but that's besides the point, but I just think in terms of that, I think it's also ironic here that Greece like, you can do any droid you want. He's like, no, this droid. Yeah, I, I, feel, I still think he has that distrust to droids. I, I don't think that that's ever going to go away. I think he has the trust in that one droid, and that's the one he wants, and that's it. Doesn't matter. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they kind of kept that storyline going for him. Yeah, I did like that here. And Nick, I think it was fun when we tried to build him. And then we see that like he automatically defaults to his his setting here of like oh like we're gonna you know like I have to go back to killing the child and I thought it was funny that like the end up that Mando screws up so badly and he's throwing Grogu around to save him and then the uh, helper droid is the only reason that Grogu's still alive because he just drops his drops the bust of Greek cargo on his head right because if you remember IG's armor is um, bulletproof bulletproof which makes him such a great bounty hunter yeah. And, um, yeah, they got lucky that that little thing fell on him or else, I don't know, I guess Grogu would have died. Yeah. We'll, we'll skip the pirates. We'll wrap up the story on here. We get the Babu Frick species trying to repair this thing. And, Pete, this sequence is hysterical. We see Grogu and Mando sitting in the tiny little shop to try and fix the droid. This is so much fun. Yeah, it was. It was very cool. Um, it, it adds that kind of element of, I want to say comedic relief. It was funny, but it wasn't anything like making jokes. But it, it makes the show a little bit more lighthearted and... Uh, I think it was a nice little break um, between the serious stuff that we get with this episode. Yeah, we also learned, Pete, that like that the IG Unit 11's memory unit has been corrupted, and that that's why he went back to the original program. And like, 
if Mando can find him a new memory chip that we can fix him and get him back to this uh, nurturing program that Keel had. Yeah, and this this concerns me. Um, I think if we spend more than one more episode on getting a memory trip for the droid, um, I, I I wonder if we're going to get much of Mandalore this season or if it's going to go into season four. Um, now it's me being greedy. Maybe it's going to work out where season three may end with him finally getting to Mandalore and then season four is going to be where all this happens. Um, but I don't know if I like all these little side quests already. Uh, Nick, what was the funnier part of this this part of the episode here? Was it Carl Weathers like bending down and like showing through the pot, like translating through the like little portal? No, that no, no. Sister? The, the or, funny part is when Grogu just grabbed one of them. Yeah, Grogu wants a pet. He just grabbed one of them and started hugging it, and then, and then when they pushed him away, the best part is he went back and tried to hug him again, and they're like, "No, no!" And then he was like, "Sorry, he's young." Yeah, yeah, that was very funny. That got me laughing so hard. I like that he tried again. That was yeah. the best part to me. Is that like after they pushed him away, he just extends his arms once again. Yeah, Grogu was a lot like a puppy, Pete. Absolutely, yeah. I thought that was hysterical. I, I think him trying to <laughs> trying to grab one of them was really funny. Yeah, you saw this last year too. It's they called him Bad Baby. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. don't know if you guys use the subtitles. Do you use subtitles when you watch? I do not. I probably should have for that sequence though. Yeah, it, it helped me so much. I was actually thinking during that scene. I actually know what like, I'm assuming that was Babu Frick. If not, it was one of his species, right? It was his species. They, they, they according to Wikipedia, it was not Babu Frick himself. Okay, but you couldn't understand a word he was saying. But with the subtitles, you actually understand everything he was saying. Yeah. So I was that, that was that I, I recommend you put them on. Yeah, it's also fun because this is a callback to season two when Pete when uh, he's when they he's he's being left with the frog lady when Mando goes off with Bo-Katan for his mission that like he wants to adopt a frog as a pet there too. You just love bringing the frog lady back into it, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You just love doing that to me. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely a direct callback. I mean, it was it was it was. I think this was much better than the whole frog lady sequence, yeah. but um, definitely a callback. Yeah, and then we see here, Nick. We also get the introduction of these pirates. They're teasers of the damn pirates again. There's no Hondo, but it's a different group yeah, of pirates. This is really getting crazy now. They've had pirates like four or five times. In the last six months in any sort of Star Wars show, and it's not been Hondo once. No, we get this guy named Vane, who apparently P has a backstory of Greek Karga and that they were drinking buddies, and then he apparently the school where they the school where Grogu went to last year was used to the bar, and now like they want to drink at the bar, and it leads to a fight where Mando and Greek Karga just kill four of the pirates and Vane on his merry way. And I think this guy unfortunately become a recurring like nemesis for us throughout the season. Yeah, another kind of side mission enemy kind of thing going on with Mando. I'm okay with it. Uh, I think it's a, a lot better than the Pikes with Boba Fett. Um, I think they're approaching it better, uh, and I think they can organically add the pirates into a lot of different pieces. Uh, I just this episode has gotten me very worried that there's just too much to cover. But I, I could be wrong, and we could we could have it organically happen at a, at a good pace. How incredible do those pirates look? The yeah the the uh, like the costume design it's just perfect. They look so good. All the aliens look so good. They did too. And all of it, the, the guy on the ship did look a little rough in my opinion. Was that the, the boss? The boss, yeah. Yeah, he didn't look that great. But the the oh, the clump I, of seaweed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Seaweed. I'm calling him. What you call him? Well, he, he did look like he belonged to Pirates of the Caribbean, though. Yeah. It made one of the animatronics just having to break loose. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then we see like after the they kill, like when they leave the sh leave the planet there, Pete. That like we get a badass dogfight in space when Bane and some of his buddies try and uh, kill Mando's revenge for murdering four of their for their buddies, and like Mando's moves are incredible. That shit. Oh, phenomenal! I mean, he 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 flies that ship really well. There's that I, I particularly like when they lose him and he just keeps kind of picking them off. Um, I thought that was a really cool element. So that wasn't just always on Mando the entire duration of that that scene. There was different shots that was away from Mando. It was more on the pirates. Um, yeah, I, I, that sequence was very very cool. Yeah, Nick, what did you think of the pirate boss here? Doctor was called. I thought his name called Doctor Seaweed. Kind of reminds me of Grievous. I don't know why. Yeah. Did you feel a Grievous thing or just me? I think it might be just you. The, well, so the, it's funny that you mentioned that. It kind of reminds me of the whole Grievous on the ship talking. That's to what him. I mean. Not yeah. the like the scene was almost like one for one. Yeah. And the way they shot it, where like he stands up and he's talking, and they zoom in as he's talking. It was like almost perfect to what Grievous did with Anakin and Obi Wan. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, and the dogfight, I just loved how he was like hiding. It reminded me so much of I think it was Episode Six of the show. Chapter six, the prisoner. Yeah, is that, is that the right? When he was like hiding and taking out all the guys at the yeah. end, it kind of reminded me the same idea. And I love that episode. I know you do. I know you do. Yeah, that that was the first real horror episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, that ending though reminded me much a lot of this, except it was in space. Yeah, his his name is Glorian Shard, so that's the name of the pirate. The pirate Gloria. Glorian. Oh, <laughs> I thought they would finally use a real name. Yeah, I thought for a second there, Pete, we would just, you know, get to play our Gloria song, our Gloria sound bump. Is there any Dr. Seaweed sound dubs we have, or? Was it Glorian what? Glorian Shard. Hmm. It's an odd name. A terrible name. Oh, Gloria. Yeah, he's a rough character. Uh, rough name. Yeah. Yeah, that was a shout out for Pete, by the way, that sound drop. I didn't even hear it. We don't usually hear them on our end. Yeah. You hear it, the audience hears it, but we and Pete usually don't hear it. Yeah, we're left we're left in the dark. It's okay. It's, you, it's a limitation the, of Zoom sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you play the intro and the outro music, we just wait till you start talking because we yeah. can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a zoom thing here, but I will point out here that was a fun sequence here. He he escapes, he just hits the uh, turbo button and flies away here. And I think Pete's definitely not the last scene of these pirates. No, I, I, I think yeah, this is going to be something that reoccurs throughout the entire season. Yeah. Next up here, the last thing here, if you go to this planet, I think it's called Calib next to Calavale or Calavale or... I, I'm i going to say Calavale. Yeah, Calavale. So he goes to meet Bo-Katan, and we found that Bo-Katan is really, really depressed at this point in her life. Yeah, she doesn't look the same. I did notice they gave her a new wig, though, and she yeah. looks a lot better. She looks very similar now than she did in the... Uh animated shows but she is not happy yeah she's not here we find out basically that you know she has been abandoned by her clan when she didn't come back with the white with the dark saber and then she basically like says to like as like a whole attitude like oh you know like this is worthless and no mandor left to save and then it's like you know like oh you have your dark saber go swing in the air and go get the mandalorians to follow you so like i did think like various things to see like very a very a very salty bo -Katan. A very defeated Bo-Katan. I think Bo-Katan is finally understanding that the sword is uh, 
all that's important to these people, right? I mean, it's just kind of like she's just defeated. Just like, yeah, go ahead, wave that sword, and you'll just they'll just follow you. It doesn't matter if you're a good leader. It doesn't matter if you're a good person, good fighter, whatever it is. As long as you got that stupid sword, they'll follow you kind of a thing. And uh, I think this sets up the character well for a very interesting either redemption arc in this season or or maybe of a follower of, of uh, you know, Din Djarin. Yeah, Nick, what do you think we're setting up here at Bo-Katan? Um, do you do you think it's time for my theory? Uh, if, 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 if it's your theory, you can say it's till the end of the end of the uh, uh, this like a minute here because I want to point out like one thing, right. thing here because she does point out she gives them the correct information that it's under the former capital city of Mandalore, which is like, like, like Sundria, I think. Yeah, she says it in like a tone though that like, could get you concerned, yeah. but that is what. Did, but I think that's just her being salty, you know. I don't think it's anything personal. I think she's just very mad. And I've also said this countless times before on this podcast that we always say, or excuse me, not us, but people who don't really know Star Wars extended material, and they go, oh, Bo-Katan, she's from the Clone Wars. They think of her as like, yeah, the good guy. Like She's not, I've said this before, I've used this exact quote with my fingers, she's not a good guy. So her being salty and being personally mad at Mando is possible. Yeah, man, I feel like this piece very much like, yeah, you know, like, I'll tell you where it is. You want to do something, go on a fool's errand. You go. I don't care. Like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she's more defeated than anything. I think she's finally kind of, I don't know. I feel like if she cared about the Darksaber and and once she heard that Din Djarin still had it, I felt like her her face would have perked up and be like, oh, really? Let me let me go with you. You know, like, I feel like that would have gotten me more on the sense of, okay, Bogotan's back on her, you know. Her normal ways here. She wants that dark saber, but now she's like, "Yeah, go do what you want with it. I don't care anymore." Yeah, and Pete, Nick, before we get to your theory, I'll point out real quick that uh, Katie Sackoff now is getting uh, co- like co-lead billing with Pedro Pascal. So like, they have big things planned for her this season. Good, love Bo-Katan because this is the first time I think somebody other than Pedro Pascal has gotten like main starring billing Pete in this show. Yeah, I mean, I I think if you're going to go the Mandalore angle, you have to go heavy with Bo-Katan, especially her role in all the Mandalorian story arcs in Clone Wars. Yeah, so for the audience here, not familiar with the TV, how it works, usually this first, like the crash, you tell you, like, oh, like, the main cast gets, like, billed, like, on top, and it's all the the guest stars afterwards here. And the first couple of seasons, it's in Pedro Pascal as the main cast, then guest stars. So for me, seeing Katie Sackhoff's name pop right behind him for the rest of the guest stars, a big, like, Alarm bell going off. Like, oh, she's gonna be very important this season. They don't credit. Do they credit Grogu? No, they don't. Okay. I will also point out here for credit discussion here. We have two guys who are credited in this season here. Who I think their names. I think their names are. I gotta go back to the Wikipedia page of Mandalorian season three. But there's two actors who are credited here that nobody seems to know what characters they're playing. Yeah, which is very interesting. Is like the pirate count maybe. No, the Pirates are is credited, but there are two guys in the supporting cast. Brandon Wayne, Latif Crowder, listed in the guests and things here, and nobody can identify what character they're playing. They well, credit. But I would imagine that just means that they're going to run into another character similar. To, what was the Pirate's name again? Uh, like, uh, Vane? Vane. Because then they'll just run into another character like Vane, and it'll just be somebody that we haven't had credited yet. Because Vane and Glory and Shard and the pirate Coxswain are all credited uh, in the. Yeah, uh, I think we just run out, run into another guy like that. I or you're saying they were already in the show? They're already in the show. They were in this ep- credit for this episode. We have no idea who they are. Maybe one of the Babu Frick people. 
No, they created the Boba Fett first. It was surely, it surely. Oh. oh, that's interesting then. As I said, I think it's interesting here. I think Pete, we get these are going to be Mandalorians that we're going to learn about. I feel like the they called ones were in the beginning, which yeah. didn't get uncovered. Yeah, yeah, they they had a bunch of different actors and actresses there, so it's possibly that. Yeah, I was actually thinking about how I would have loved to do that because, like, how many people were there? How many Mandalorians? Fifty? I'd say at least like forty. Yeah, like I could have dressed up and. Got like this a couple times, had to yeah. shoot, took a payday, and left. They could have so stuck, I would have loved it. It would have been great. They could have snuck all three of us in there. Nobody would have known. Yeah, it would have been great. Yeah. would have been great here. But before we get to the trackers here, Nick, I know you have a big theory you want to promote. I do. I have a theory on how the rest of the season is going to play out, and I think it makes sense on numerous levels. So, unfortunately um, for Pete, I have to spoil the Bad Batch because I think they released these at the same time on purpose. So in the episode of the Bad Batch, towards the end, I believe what was the guy's name again? The guy that we liked? Oh, uh, Haywood. That's no, definitely not it. I'll, I'll look it up here one second. It, it was a, he. The guy, he says the doctor voiced by Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah. So he says to the Kaminoan uh, lady and the oh. other, and excuse me, the other lady of the Empire. Oh, oh Doctor Hemlock. Doctor Hemlock, not not Haywood. They 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 got rid of. Camino, because they did not because they wanted to stop cloning because they didn't need it anymore. They can clone elsewhere, and Omega said that same thing, right? Yep. So I believe that when they go to Mandalore, it's going to be an Imperial cloning facility on Mandalore. And the reason I believe that is, I've said countless times, if you are the the Imperials. And you just got Grogu, you just had him, he were this close, and he got away. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to try again. And I'm thinking, well, Moff Gideon can't try again because he's, as you mentioned, on trial. So how do you try again? You have Grogu fall right into your laps by showing up at your cloning facility. And then I'm also thinking how that also makes sense because how does Moff Gideon have the Darksaber? He went to Mandalore to create a mo- to, to destroy it, which we've seen happen. And create a cloning facility where he was challenged and won the saber. So I have a feeling that they're going to go to Mandalore, find an Imperial cloning facility, start a whole new thing with the Empire and getting Grogu out of there. And that's what happened to Mandalore. Pete, what do you think about this theory? Pretty good. I uh, I have to say, it's just... Uh... I don't know how I combat the theory, right? I mean, I feel like it's like, you know, you know, you don't know, you don't know, but, but um, it would answer a lot of questions. It's definitely a sound theory, in my opinion. Yeah, and based on this news that John Farrow said that they have a long way they can go with Mandalore, there's no immediate ending inside. They have a long time to build this correctly if they want to. I think that'd be an interesting thing because if we go to Mandalore and it's just kind of nothing and he just kind of goes under there and he does it and he, and he does his task, which is to bathe in the, the mines, right? Yep, bathe in the mines. If he just... Yep. If he just does that with no interruption and no like danger, that's kind of weird, right? Like, like somebody's gonna be there. Yeah, you, you do you do a mission in a video game. You watch a movie. You watch a show, and they say, "Take this. You might need it. The gun. You're gonna need it." If they don't just say that, and then no bad guys show up, they're showing up. Yeah, somebody's gonna be there. Yeah, someone's gonna be there. Something's gonna show up. Maybe after he's there, I don't think it's gonna go as well as he thinks it's gonna go. Yeah, I think that's for sure here. So I think that's a good place to wrap you. We're going to start going into uh, some of our stuff that we do every week here on the podcast. We're going to update first the character draft for the season here. So to refresh the teams here, we had no action in week one, but 
I want to remind everyone what we drafted here in terms of this year. So after week one, here's how here's our team stack. I'll see how we're feeling about this one here. So Pete's team, Sabine Wren, Fennec Shan, Cobb Banth, and Cad Bane. Next team is Casca Reeves, who is uh, Sasha Banks from WWE. Who played uh, Mandalorian Season 2. Ahsoka, Thrawn, and Black K. My team's Axwoves, Boa Fett, Mayfeld, and Han Solo. So any, how are we feeling about our teams right now? After watching I'm getting episode? very, very nervous because we saw Bo-Katan and they weren't there. And not only were they not there, it seemed like they were gone. Yeah. Not just away at the moment, gone. Yeah, I feel like also I will point out like a, this is I don't know if it's technically a spoiler, but I know that when they had the Mandalorian premiere event last night, that Ming Na Wen was there. So maybe it's a point, Pete, that Fennec Shan is going to show up, but like she did go to the event. Oh, sure. I'm uh, listen. I I never am confident about my team, so I'll believe it when I see it. I will say also, I feel like there's a good chance that Sabine Rand will show up at some point. I mean, like I I I have to say, I feel like. All of the Mandalorian armor that we saw in that picture with Pablo, uh, with um, Pedro Pascal and uh, and um, John Favreau, everyone but that purpled armored Mandalorian person was there. Yeah, as far as I could tell. Yeah, I think I saw all of them in that scene. Pretty much, except so for I'm hoping that I'm right that that bird and that color scheme is Sabine Wren. And she will be there for at least one episode. And that's what the whales were teasing. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, imagine this is wild. The whales teasing. And we get a post credit. Our post credit scene at the show is Ezra Bridger. Uh, it, it, my luck, though. That's just how it's going to happen. Sabine Wren's not going to show up. It's going to be Ezra, and I'm done. So it's. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's that. Uh, that's the character draft here. I'm sure we'll have some action on this soon. But next, we're going to our trackers. And Nick, we have a lot of trackers for this show. I think we need to make a new tracker. For trackers. For every show. Yeah. And we need to track how often Hondo is teased. <laughs> at this point. I really do. Because this is getting crazy. Yeah. So you mentioned Hondo here. No Hondo. We did get more pirates, but not Hondo. 18. Another Hondo tease, but no Hondo. Yep. Uh, Pete, the Bo Katan. He even got teased twice because then the guy says he had to answer to my boss. And I'm thinking, oh, it's not him. His boss is Hondo. And then his boss wasn't even Hondo. Yeah, that was messed up. Yeah. So Pete. The Bo-Katan tracker is back here. We got one on the board. It's about 14 total Bo-Katan appearances. I think we're getting Bo-Katan 80% of the show. Yeah. I mean, she's been casting. I, I think she misses one, maybe two episodes. Yeah, so that's going on here. Uh, Nick, I'm not updating the Darksaber tracker to 15. I think it's, it has to be seen on the screen for us to count. Even though I know Mando has, I want to actually see the blade. Um, I agree with you, but what about like seeing it hang off his belt? I don't think that counts. I mean, he's not using it. So it's Dark Saber ignites. Yes. Okay. So I mean, otherwise, it's it's there every episode. It's not pointless. But do you see it in this episode? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't think he, she asks if he has it. He doesn't even really show it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he hangs it from his belt or anything. I didn't see it. Probably on the ship. Yeah. All right. So no action cameos yet, Pete. So we're at twelve for that one. We're going back to the Mando, Mando season one. Possibly going to happen this season. Not sure, though. Yeah, Nick, we did hit an animated cameo. We had both Katan hits both of those trackers, so it's up to seven now. That's great. Yep. And, uh, and no live action cameo, because that was not Babu Frick, you said, right? It was not Babu Frick. I double-checked. Okay. Is that, and he was confirmed. That means we're going to see him? I believe so, yes. I wonder how they're going to distinguish between whether or not it's him and not. Like, 
I know the subtitles did like usually it'll say like the name of the character or something like that. Some and it did not say like anything like that. Yeah, up here next up here, Pete. Two more plans he went to. We went to the uh, Calavela and uh, the wherever the covert's hanging out. That's a separate plan. So that's two more plans. So fourteen total Mando planets. And that's awesome. Yeah, uh, the more planets, the better for Star Wars. I always say fourteen yep. planets in seventeen episodes. Gotta love it. Yeah. Uh, well, twenty technically. You got the boas. And next up here, I don't count the bubbles. Yeah, well, we, we did because <laughs> he did go to one there. All right, fine. Uh, next up, Nick, this is the way. Now to twenty-eight over the course of this this show, we got four more in this episode. I think you, I, I, like I said, I think you stop for a while, and then we don't hear from you. Know what I'm saying? I think we stop for a while, they don't say it, and then we hear it again later on. I think it's one of those things that it's like, like that. You're gonna hear it, and. Then, Four times in an episode, you're not going to hear for five episodes, and we're going to hear it three more times, something like that. All right. Mando Jobs, Pete, he got offered a job. He did not take it, so still eight jobs. I mean, uh, do we consider getting the droid part of job? Kind of is. I mean, he hasn't done the job yet. It's not a job that someone assigns him, so I'm going to say no, but like, it is a job. But like, He accepts it himself almost. You know what I mean? Right, because right, the... he wants the droid. I view the jo- I view that more as like, oh, I had to go buy a part to fix the droid, so I feel like... yeah. I feel, I think the job was 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 a Greek car offering to be the be the marshal replace Kara Dune. He said no. Right. Next up here, Grogu eating here. So uh, Pete ten times now because Grogu ate a piece of candy in this episode. Uh, we're gonna get more of that. I think we're gonna get that at least two more times this season. I think feed the feed the kid. Yeah, at least I think at least once an episode we're getting eating. If they just feed the kid, then he won't be hungry. I've only seen Mando feed him like once. When they had soup, when they had the soup together. I think in season one is the only time I remember him eating, like being fed by Mando. Yeah. Other than that, he's got to go out and get his own. So yeah. I don't blame the kid. He's learning valuable lessons though about how to like how to hunt and gather. Next up here, the last tracker on the board here, Nick, our named Mandalorian. Because if we try to count every Mandalorian on that beach, we would have been madness. So we're counting named Mandalorian. So I got four this episode, which is Bo-Katan, Man- Mando, the Armorer, and Paz Lizzle. So we're four to start this one off. I'm going to argue with you. You are a Mandalorian no more. That number's three. <laughs> He's not a Mandalorian. Well, Bo-Katan, he was a Mandalorian. Bo-Katan views him as a Mandalorian. That's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give you both. All right. So next up here, MVP and LVP rankings. Here. So we're going to look at the best and worst characters from the Mandalorians like, as we go through as each episode of the best and worst here. For reference here, we're going to do the Bad Batch board to go up here to update where we are on that. So... In terms of what's going on with this board here, Pete, you you remember this from last week here, and we rate and the Bad Batch board is not got a lot of act in terms of like getting people really positive here, but we are on this board, Pete. Look at that. Yeah, we made it. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna make the Mando board, but we are we are on the Bad Batch board. Is the Mando board gonna be resetting, or are we gonna take a Mando board from? We don't really have a past one, right? No, this is the start of the Mando board. All right, and and my I guess my further question to you is: We've never really done a show that's had multiple seasons, except Bad Batch. But are we going to be doing like, let's say, Andor season two? Are we going to carry that list over or make another one? I think we should carry it over. I agree. All right, so we'll start out here with the MVP of the episode. Here, I'm going to throw this out to the panel. Here, is there any way it's not Mando? It is. Uh I want to try to be the odd man out and say, yeah, there's a way, but I feel like it was so centered around him. So 
Yeah, I mean, I everything he does is like brilliant this episode. Like he's really puts the armor in her place. He gets the information in Bo-Katan. He tries to fix the droid. He kills some pirates. He escapes from the pirates. I mean, what doesn't Mando do? I I just feel like everyone did a good job, and I can make a case to give it to certain characters, sure, but I can make the strongest case for Mando. So that's it. I think it's a clean sweep for Mando to start out the season. Yeah. All right. I agree. LVPs. Pete, you want to start? Who, who was the worst character of the episode? Um, I, I, I'll just put the armor out there. Um, I think she goes from in the book of Boba Fett saying, yeah, it's totally possible to get back uh, to the Mandalore race to now like, oh, by the way, no, you're, you're done. You can't do it. I just gave you that as a, I just I feel like no one else had that kind of change. I, I don't know. Like and, and then I'm and I'm really struggling to say she was an LVP. So I'm, I'm going to give it to the armor. Uh, Nick, who's your LVP for the week? Uh, I did the exact same thing as Pete. I'm giving it to the armor, but I really kind of don't want to like it's just no one else deserved it. So I feel like if anyone, I have to give it to her. I'm giving it to Vane. Vane was a very stupid pirate this episode. I liked Vane. But what but was he? But was he really? Right? He comes in with we helped you buy all this. He had more he had the numbers. Like, was he really stupid? Or was he more like, hey, hey, you should be respecting us? Yeah, I mean, like, he doesn't respect his old buddy either. When his buddy says, hey, this is the school. I'm offering you a drink in my office. Let's come to my office. We'll, have, we'll drink in we'll like the see, see, the thing is, though, he didn't say this is a school. He said this is my school. And that's what got Vane mad. And I agree with Vane. Yeah. Well, I'm still giving an LVP for, like, his very poor tactics. They had him out, out Mando outgunned in space. They couldn't catch him. I do think it was a little crazy that once he learned it was a school, he still tried to go inside to get a drink. <laughs> I feel like he'd be like, oh, where'd you put the bar? Oh, it's right across the street. Okay, I'll just drink in there instead. Yeah, I'm feeling like that's not a huge deal. His stubbornness got four of his guys, four by like eight of his guys killed. Yeah, I, I, that I do completely agree with. Like, if the bar was across the street, you really just got eight guys killed because you didn't want to walk twenty feet. But we don't know where the bar was. The bar's on the other side of town. Yeah, then I, I don't know. I mean, Greek Cargo said, "Hey, like this is a school. It's no longer a bar. Let's go out and drink in my office." And you could have just, you know, like I had a drink there and had all your guys still alive. So, do you think that? They closed the bar. They opened a school. Did they not open another bar? I feel like there is a bar. I feel like it's not, you're not allowed to do... It's probably like, you can go have a drink, but you can't like go like hire bounty hunters in the bar. Well, if they didn't open a bar, that's a problem. And that, then, then this society is not as good as we thought. Because, look, we tried prohibition in the United States, and it doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, I feel like for sure there's a bar somewhere. It's like more more PC bar, I, mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's probably the Star Wars version of the Cheers bar. Yeah. All right. So next up here, we'll go to some grades. I grade us on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is worse than 1978 holiday special. 10 is the best episode since the Andor Prison Break episode here. So, Nick, give us your grade for this week. going to give this week an 8. And uh, I think it was just a really good episode. Didn't have any flaws, but it wasn't something that like blew me away that I'm going to go back and rewatch. It was really good. I have no complaints. But I'm not. I'm like I said. I'm. I'm not turning it on again after this podcast. I'm like, let me watch again. Yeah, I was a seven. I think it did. It had a lot of setup work to do. It did it very, very neatly, very quickly too. We didn't waste like a lot of fluff. We had thirty five, basically thirty two minutes of credits in and out. So 
give them credit for that. I think did a lot of good action sequences, but like I I don't want more of this. I don't want more of these fillers. I want to have like the permits. This could be our setup piece. Fine, we'll, we'll go for it. That's a seven for me. So Pete, how you how you rating this one? Uh, I'm going with Nick here. I'm giving it an eight. Uh, hate to be boring, but pretty much what Nick said. I mean, I I can't find much wrong with it, but it's not something that's got me wanting to come back and watch it a couple times and nothing, you know, momentous really happens other than we, it was a really good episode of TV and I'm hoping that the rest of the season can follow through. Absolutely. Yeah. Put it this way. Like this episode, what, what's the point of all these episodes except the, except the last one to make you watch the next one, right? Yeah, they did. I can't wait to watch the next one. And speaking of the next one here, we'll go to chapter 18 predictions, how we wrap up the week here. So that was fantastic, Mike. That was a fantastic transition. Yep. We brought it up perfectly here. So there are a lot of ways to go here. We, I'm trying to decide between whether it's, you know, we're going for the data chip, we're going to find the Mandalorians, are we going to, you know, try and build the draw? I think my prediction here is I think we go to Tatooine to, to find the data chip. That's my my guess here is that he goes and talks to Kelly Miles and says, hey, I need to talk to our Jawas and try and order the and try and get this droid chip. I think that's where we're going. Uh, Pete, what's your prediction? Uh, I I think <laughs> I uh, I think we follow the chip story arc. Um, I think we, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think Tatooine's the place to go for parts that uh, you can't normally find. Um, shit, I really hope we're wrong. I don't. I don't want to be on Tatooine again. But yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. We know we're gonna be there. Though. We know we we see it in the trailer. I know. I know. I know. Wow. I know. Plus, so, they they also wiped out before Nick. Before you go, I feel like they wiped out a lot of the trailer footage in this episode. I feel like they might wipe more of it out next week. It did. I, I always, you know, I always appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I was gonna come in here with a nice big prediction and say I don't even know what I was gonna think of it on the spot probably and but but when you said that I just went. Oh crap! He's right. So, exactly what you said. Tatooine going with the droid chip to visit your favorite character, Kalimato. Yep. Look who it is. It's Mando. I yeah. can help you find it. Yeah. Let's go, go. Talk, let's go talk to the Jawas. Yep. This is literally exactly. <laughs> I, I really. What's so happen. so so this is what scares me. I hope that I, I, we all know if this happens. She's not just going to give him the chip. It's going to go do this for me and I'll give you the chip or go find it here. Like, it's just it's not going to be easy. Right. Like, I feel like we're going to waste an episode on doing the thing to get the chip, but we don't actually get the chip by the end of the episode. And that's and this is what scares me about this much. Side missiony things happening in this first episode, we have eight episodes of content, you know, damn well that none of them are going to be over an hour. Right. Because Disney Plus just has this this hard stop rule of nothing over an hour. I I fear that we're going to have either a rushed episode, a rushed season or a season of nothing. Like nothing of a, of of actual importance happening until season 4. We had like I feel like I have a funny feeling this season 3 is going to be a lull now just from the way that they did this. I just have a feeling I looked at the director list from earlier. Carl I was doing episode 4. I feel like we're not going to have IG11 back up to episode 4. I feel like they were uh... The back episode. But, but see, but see, that's what scares me. You that go, means two oh, and three are searching for the chip. Four is getting the droid back. Five going to Mandalore, and then you're stuck with half the season. Really? Yeah. I feel three like, episodes. I feel like there are ways to do it, make it entertaining. But I feel like that's a prediction. I feel like I can see this general like flyer. If, if, if they do it, 
if they do it that way, episodes six, seven, and eight have to be absolute bangers. Like you can't, you cannot waste almost three quarters of the season to get to Mandalore and then nothing happens when you're on Mandalore. Like here's you need what, to make sure it's really good. Here's my sign of hope. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Because again, I mentioned this on the Bad Batch pot. Oh, no, we didn't record that yet. Oh. Secretly. The audience doesn't know we already recorded that. But um, you guys know more about like media than I do. Yeah. If Carl Weathers is directing the episode, does that mean he's less likely to be acting in the episode or it really doesn't matter? It doesn't matter because the one he directed season two was the one on the borrow. Where he his character it, so so it doesn't make a difference if you, if you if you're in it or not directing it right no it does make a difference right, so that was my sign of hope I was like oh maybe if he's directing it he won't be in it because it's hard for him to be acting and directing himself at the same time but I guess not so yep that's it we figured out the whole season <laughs> at least the first half. it can it can still be really good it probably will still be really good like even today like this episode I don't like the direction action they took this in because now I feel like we're half our season's ruined but it's still good so I'm okay with it. It might be a basic plot, but if they actually get the basic plot very well. I'd be, I would be satisfied. Yeah, but I also, knowing again their their release schedule, I don't want to wait another two years for like something momentous to happen. I think Mandalorian has been really good at having really big moments happen every single season, and I think we need something here to keep it going and not saying, okay, we set up season four using season three. I think to me that would be a failure for the show, even though it'll still probably be good. I think it would be a failure if they just use this as a setup for four. John Favreau also said, and I completely forgot to mention this in the news, that the crying that people did at the end of Mandalorian season two, Star Wars theory was famous for it. A whole bunch of channels on YouTube. You can see reactions when Luke came back, people were like in tears. He said that's going to happen again this season. Yeah, he said there's a big secret that they're keeping that's going to get the audience fired. Yeah. I have no clue what that could be. I, I took my shot and I said it was Han Solo. With my you team. did. Yeah. You did. I mean, who else can it be? Lando? So I don't think the, I, even Han Solo. Han Solo, Lando, whoever it may be, I don't think the audience is going to be as crazy as they were about Luke, right? Maybe not. I don't see anyone that the audience could be as crazy about as Luke, except Anakin slash Vader, and please do not do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they could do that. If they do that, I don't know what. Then, then there's just no consequences in life anymore. Yeah. Well, that's that's it for this week here. I want to thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate your Pete. People on follow social media. Can I do that? At PJ Constory twenty nine, New York Rangers just landed Patrick Kane. Yep. Huge acquisition, probably a rental, but you know who knows if he takes a huge discount, maybe he'll resign him. But anyway, um, you can follow me there on Twitter, just doing some stuff for the Sky Guys and also retweeting some hockey stuff for the Rangers. Absolutely, there, Nick. Pete, one more time. You want to follow us on the social media streets? How can I do that? At Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And I got to say, Mike, now that we're in the home stretch of the NBA season, our over-unders are unreal. Yep. Combined, I think we're 7 of 8. That's pretty good. And the only one we're going to lose was me losing the Pistons on the over because Cade Cunningham got hurt. Yep. That was a for- that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You guys will follow me on Twitter, Envelopes331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This is going to the Jess on the Subway Podcast. We did our NBA midseason uh, show with the – sorry to interrupt, guys. Talk some NBA with them. And we did the Rocky Movie Rankings with Phil, Nick's brother, Phil, and uh, fellow Sky Guy, that's Mike Pagante. That's a good one. That's definitely a good combo. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's ratings were in the list. He did skew the board a little bit. Good. All right, that's it. We'll be back next week. I meant I mentioned this here. We might be at the delay, day delay because 
we're trying to make sure Nick is a good husband and his wife's birthday is on the day after releases. So we don't record the date of release, but we might recording one day later. So that episode's going to be your feed a little Thursday, like maybe Thursday night, probably Friday morning. So one day delay in the pod for you guys. But we have to make sure Nick is, we have to protect Nick's marriage here. Thank you. All right, that's it for us here. We're going to be back next week. A lot of fun Mandalorian stuff coming up here. But until then, guys, may the Force be with you.